This morning we want to talk to you a little bit about some of what the Bible has to say about being thankful. And the title of today's message is, A Time to Be Thankful. So this morning we're going to look at several passages of Scripture, several verses that have to do with thanksgiving, and then we're going to look at several things that can cause us to be ungrateful if we're not careful. So this idea of being thankful, let's look at a few Scriptures about thankfulness this morning. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Would you read this out loud with me? It says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Okay, now, there's a couple ideas here that I want you to see in these verses. First, look at the phrase, continue to live your lives in Him. All through the Bible, and right here in our scripture this morning, we see this idea that we should live our lives in Christ. Our lives should express Christ. We should let Jesus live His life through us. Because salvation, it's more than just saying a prayer and receiving a gift. It's more than just believing the right things about God. It's about letting the risen Jesus Christ live his life in you. It's about letting the risen Jesus Christ express himself through you. And as we look at verse 7, Paul gives us a few ways that, that we should live our lives in him. One way is to be rooted and built up in him. And another way is to be strengthened in faith. And a third way is to be overflowing with thankfulness. Overflowing with thankfulness. A part of living our lives in Jesus, of living out Christ, of letting Christ live his life through you is being thankful. And the idea in this verse is that if you're not going to be a thankful person, you're going to be missing out on a significant part of what it means to be a Christian, to live out Christ. You continue to live your lives in Him by being thankful. And then secondly in this verse, I want you to see this phrase. It says, overflowing with thankfulness. Overflowing with thankfulness. You know, I love this image because it's not just being thankful sometimes. It's not just be thankful if the occasion warrants it. It's overflowing with thankfulness. That's like being thankful for everything, being thankful in everything. Be thankful all the time. Be thankful for big things. Be thankful for little things. Be thankful for things that other people would take for granted. It's overflowing with thankfulness. That's like being thankful all the time towards everyone. Be thankful for, towards your boss. Be thankful towards your employees. Be thankful towards people who can do something for you. Be thankful towards people who can't do anything for you. Thankful towards your parents. Thankful towards your kids. It's overflowing with thankfulness. It's thankfulness towards that tired cashier who's had the last 10 people who came through just be mean and ornery and cranky. Overflowing with thankfulness. Say, you know what, that's the kind of person who's not just trying to remember to be thankful, but the kind of person who just is thankful and it just doesn't take much to bring it out. How many of you have known people who are kind of like, you know, just seething all the time underneath, right? And uh, it doesn't take much to bring it out. Any little irritation brings something out and they just explode all over everybody. Anybody else met anybody like that? I'm the only one. Great. Well, congratulations to you. <laughs> well, what if we were all the type of people who were, who were thankful, just underneath the surface was thankfulness all the time, right? And it just didn't take much to bring it out. That's the type of character that should characterize God's people. 
thankfulness, overflowing with thankfulness. It's part of living out your life in Jesus. All right, let's look at another verse now. Colossians 3.15. Would you all read it out loud with me? Colossians 3.15. It says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Now, I want you to notice two things about this passage of Scripture, about this verse as well. First, notice that thankfulness is closely associated with peace in our hearts. It's kind of hard to be thankful if you don't have any peace in your heart. If your heart is all stirred up with stress and strife and worries, you tend to be much more focused on yourself and on your own circumstances, on your own needs. So if you're going to be thankful, you may need to stop for a minute and get a little bit of peace in your heart first. You may need to stop and tell yourself, you know, everything's going to be okay. The situation might look bad for a little bit, but God's got this. God's got you in the palm of his hand, and everything is going to be okay. I'm going to be all right. And when you do, you may find that expressions of thanksgiving begin to come a little bit easier. And eventually, when you start to do that all the time, when you really get this peace of God in your heart thing down all the time, then those expressions start to really begin to flow, and all of a sudden, you become the type of person who is overflowing with thankfulness. Thankfulness is closely related to peace in our heart. And then secondly, notice in this scripture that thankfulness is expressed in the body of Christ. Since as members of the body of Christ you are called to peace, be thankful. Thankfulness should be expressed in the body of Christ. Expressions of thankfulness should be commonplace in the body of Christ. Appreciate your Sunday school teachers. Appreciate those who teach your children and minister to your youth. Appreciate those who keep the building in working order. Be thankful for people who pray for you. Thankfulness is associated with peace in our hearts and love for the body of Christ. All right, let's look at another verse. Would you read this one out loud with me? It's Colossians 4, verse 2. And it says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And so here we see that thankfulness is closely associated with prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. When you pray, one of the things you should be is thankful. Your prayers ought to be characterized by thanksgiving. If your prayer life consists only of asking God for stuff, then you're missing something important in your prayer life. If your prayer life is only sounds like, gimme, gimme, can I have, let me take, then you're missing something that's important in your prayer life. And likewise, if your prayer life is only consumed with complaints about how your life is, then you're missing something in your prayer life. Paul said it like this to the Philippians. He said, do not be anxious about anything. Now, there's that peace of God thing, right, again, that we were talking about. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with what? With thanksgiving, present your request to God. Prayer and petition and request should come with thanksgiving attached to it. You know, God wants you to bring all your requests to Him. Everything that you're going through in your life, right? He wants you to bring it to Him. He wants to hear about it. And the way that they should come is with thanksgiving. Because the problem is, is that when you're always bringing difficult situations to God, and there's no thanksgiving involved, we end up treating God like some type of cosmic complaint department. Bring all your requests to God with thanksgiving, because if we don't have thanksgiving, sometimes 
we can get to the place where we're actually charging God with wrongdoing. You know, when it was just God, this, 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 this situation is not right, it's not fair, God, and, uh, and you just leave it there like that, it, you get close to the place where you're charging God with wrongdoing. God, you're not being fair to me. You know, we can see this pattern all through the Psalms. You know, the psalmists, David and all the other psalmists, they would bring some heavy things to God. I mean, they didn't pull any punches. The stuff that you read in there, that's some serious stuff. I mean, David would be praying, and, and he's got a king with an army chasing him down. He's running through the wilderness, across the mountains, scrounging around for food with an army chasing him, wanting to kill him. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think I've yet been in that desperate a situation. Anyone here? And so these psalmists, they would bring some, some really heavy stuff to God, right? And God wants us to be honest with him. I mean, God doesn't want us to put some, some smiley face on really difficult circumstances and pretend they aren't like they are. He wants us to be honest with him. But at the same time, if you look at these psalms, you'll see that almost always, either be, before they bring the complaint or after they bring uh, the complaint, there's this prayer of thanksgiving, this prayer of praise, sometimes both before and afterwards. And there's something about praising God in the midst of a difficult circumstance. There's something about thanking God in the midst of a really difficult circumstance that, that says, you know what? God is good. It says God is right. It says God is awesome. It says, it's a statement of faith that says, you know what? God has been with me in the past. God's going to be with me in the future. So I know that God is with me right now in the middle of this situation. That's what prayer and petition with thanksgiving does. It's a statement of faith. It's a statement to the world that God is faithful to you. It's kind of like the story of little Jimmy. Remember last week we had the story of little Billy? Well, this week we have the story of little Jimmy. And little Jimmy had been out one Saturday afternoon playing hard all day, playing ball, and he, and he came home in the evening ready for dinner, and his mother asked him as he sat down, you know, little Jimmy, would you say grace, uh, return thanks for the meal? And little Jimmy sat down and just surveyed his plate for a minute and saw the liver and the onions and the broccoli and the Brussels sprouts, and taking a deep breath, closed his eyes and said, well, Lord, I don't think I like the looks of this, but I'll thank you and eat it anyway. <laughs> Being thankful in prayer is kind of like that, right? It's, it's when you don't like the looks of things, but you find something to be thankful for anyway. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. All right, let's look at another verse. Would you read it with me? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. It says this. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. So now here we see that thankfulness is associated with acceptable worship, very closely associated with worship in the Bible. You know, one of the Hebrew words... Uh, for praise in the Bible is yada. Can you all say that? Yada. Yada. Right? And it means praise, but it's also often translated as give thanks. Uh, most of the time when you see the words in Psalms, give thanks, 
the word is yada. And so praise and thanksgiving are very closely associated. They're hard to separate. It would be hard to say, you know what, I'm going to worship and give praise, but I'm not going to be thankful. That, that would be difficult, wouldn't it? That would be actually kind of weird. Worship should be naturally accompanied by expressions of thanksgiving. God, thank you for your love. God, thank you for your goodness. God, thank you for your kindness. God, thank you for your mercy and forgiveness. God, thank you for saving me. God, thank you for changing me. God, thank you for your faithfulness to me. God, thank you for your promises. Thank you for never leaving me or forsaking me. God, thank you for bringing me through everything that you've brought me. God, thank you for the cross. Thank you for dying for me. God, thank you for rising from the dead. God, Jesus, thank you for interceding for me. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. God, thank you, God, for who you are. Worship should be accompanied with expressions of thanksgiving. And not only that, I mean out loud. Do you know how many times in the Bible, you know, often we clap when we come to church, right? And that's good because the Bible says, clap your hands, all you people, right? And then shout unto the God with a voice of triumph, right? How many, do you know how many times it says in the Bible to clap your hands to God? Anyone know? One, right. One that I found. There's one time where it says in worship, clap your hands unto God. And, and, and so, I mean, and that's enough, right? So we clap unto God, right? And I wouldn't have you stop doing that. But you know how many times it says to use your voice in some way? Praising God, shout praises, sing praises, speak praises, right? Over and over and over and over and over again, right? And so it should be a characteristic of God's people that when we're at home giving thanks, we praise him out loud with our mouth. There's something powerful about that. And then when we come together as the body of Christ, we should praise him out loud with our mouth. That's why I'll often stop as we're ending worship and just say, would you join me and just begin to praise God in your own words in just the way that, that you do it, right? Whether it's loud or soft, it's something powerful about praising God and being thankful with your mouth. All right, and so we've seen now that thankfulness is associated with worship and prayer. It's associated with the body of Christ and kingdom living and with the peace of God. And thankfulness should be the mark of every Christian. But if you look around today, often you'll find that it seems like, you know, there isn't as much thankfulness in the world as you might hope for. Instead, it seems like we often see in our world today increasing expressions of anger and rage and frustration and many other negative emotions. And I guess it really shouldn't be surprising, right? Because in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to, 1 to 5, Paul said this. He said, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. He says, ungrateful. Here in this list of all of these terrible things, treacherous, rash, conceited, boastful, abusive, brutal, proud, greedy, slanderous. He includes the idea of being ungrateful, not thankful. How many of you think of thanklessness in the same terms as being treacherous and rash 
and abusive and brutal. But here, God puts it on the same level as all of those things. So the idea here is that there are times when God looks at a situation that calls for thankfulness and instead sees ungratefulness. And if we're not careful, we can sometimes fall into this trap. We can be ungrateful when we should express thanksgiving to God and to others. And if we get in the habit of doing this, then we can become an ungrateful person. So what would cause this? What would cause ungratefulness in the child of God? Well, I'm going to give you a quick list of eight things, eight things that you want to avoid that tend to cause ungratefulness, okay? Are you ready? If you're taking notes, you want to write these down. Eight things you want to avoid that tend to cause ungratefulness, okay? The first is unfair expectations. This is the attitude that says, you owe it to me. I'm owed this. I deserve this. Why should I be thankful? Because I deserve this. It's owed to me, whether it's respect or whether it's some service or love. It's owed to me. So why should I be thankful? Unfair expectations can cause you to be ungrateful. And then secondly, the second one is this, discontentment. Discontentment can cause you to be ungrateful. This is the attitude that says, it's not enough. There should have been more. It's the glass is half empty attitude. Someone does something for you, and you know what? They should have done more. Someone gives you something, and they should have given more. You know, it fails to appreciate uh, what it has because it is focused on what it does not have. Discontentment can cause you to be ungrateful. And then thirdly, a negative attitude. Negative attitudes can cause you to be ungrateful. This is the attitude that says, well, yeah, but what about the other problem? Don't you see there's still all these other problems over here that aren't solved yet? It can't be grateful, it can't be thankful for a blessing that's right in front of it because it's focused on all of these other issues. And, and the vicious cycle of this one is that in reality, there will always be another problem, right? Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But he said, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world, right? So if we're focused on, we have negative attitudes and we're focused on all the other problems, we'll never be able to be thankful. And then next, pride. Haughtiness and pride can cause you to be ungrateful. This is the attitude that says, I deserved it. I'm worth it. I'm special. I'm more worthy than other people. You know, of course I should have this or that or the other thing. It's just right that I have it because of how special I am. Pride can't be thankful because it's self-focused. It's focused on self. It's self-centered. And since it's looking at itself, it can't see the one who gave the blessing. So pride can cause you to be ungrateful. Next, greed. Greed can cause you to be ungrateful. This is the attitude that says, I wonder if I can get more. You know, I've got this, this much here, but I wonder if I can get more. I should have more than this. You know, I really can't be happy. I really can't be thankful because I need more. If I can just get a little bit more, then I can be thankful. Then I can be happy. And, and the deception of this one is, is that greed is never satisfied. It never says, okay, that's enough. Now I can be satisfied. The carrot stick is always moving, right? And so greed will cause you to be ungrateful. The next one is this, resentment. Resentment can cause you to be ungrateful. This is the attitude that says, he has more than me. Somebody's got more than I have. 
It can't appreciate what it has because of what someone else has. And we all know this from when we were kids, right? You know, after supper, your mom surprised you with this big piece of cake. And your eyes, my eyes lit up. It's like, wow, that's awesome, this, this, this piece of cake there. And so thankful for that until mom put the piece of cake down in front of my brother, right? And his piece looks just a little bit bigger than mine. And all of a sudden, I'm not thankful for my piece anymore. Hey, his piece is bigger than mine. Resentment, right? Meanwhile, my brother's over here going, hey, he's got more frosting than me because I got the corner piece, right? He got more frosting than me. And, and, you know, mom's there going, oh, my goodness. So mom, what's mom do? Reaches down, switches the two pieces, right? Well, did that solve anything? No, because now I'm over here going, he got more frosting than me. And he's over here going, he got more cake than me, right? And so then what happens? Uh, mom takes the cake away, right? And nobody's got cake. Now, everybody's got the same amount of cake, and the same amount of frosting. Everyone should be happy, right? But everybody's not happy. Resentment can cause you to be ungrateful. You know, and uh, I wish I could say that that stopped when we were children, right? We, after that, we had no problem with that. But, but you know what? You grow up, and, and it, it can be easy to be resentful. The Joneses across the street have more than me. Someone else has more than me. And it's just not fair. And we begin to look at other people. And, you know, resentment can cause you to miss the blessings that you have in your life. Someone else has more than me. Can I tell you what? Politicians make their careers on capitalizing on people's resentment. Did you ever notice that? You know, it's just not fair. Somebody else got more than you. And if you vote for me, I'll make it right. Can I tell you something? I mean, just a basic Christian idea. The government is not your savior. The government's not your provider. Governments for thousands of years have been promising to be people's savior and people's provider, and it never seems to quite work out. God is your savior. Jesus Christ is your savior. He is your provider. And you know what? You don't need to be resentful because he promised to provide for you everything that you need out of his riches and glory. Resentment can cause you to be ungrateful. And then the next one is this, fear. Fear can cause you to be ungrateful. This is the attitude that says, I don't want to lose this. You know, what will happen to me if I lose this? There's something out there, some danger out there that could cause me to lose this. And fear can keep you so focused on the things that could be taken away that we forget to be thankful for what we have. Fear can cause you to be ungrateful. And then lastly, rationalization can cause you to be ungrateful. This is the attitude that says, you know, probably would have happened anyway. It was inevitable. If you, if you didn't do it for me, someone else would have done it for me. It was going to happen anyway. This is the attitude that takes things for granted, that takes people for granted, that takes jobs and employment for granted. It was just going to happen anyway. And because it assumes that blessings will just be there, it doesn't take time for gratitude. It doesn't take time to be thankful. So there you have it. Eight things, eight attitudes that can cause you to be ungrateful and will hinder you from expressing the kind of overflowing thankfulness that should characterize those who have received the greatest blessing and gift of all, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen?
Amen. Well, I hope that encouraged you this morning. I'm going to end just a little bit of a different way this morning.